0: Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 190 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is 20 Books Vegas Conference. What did we learn? Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co host, the veritable learning sponge, TB Markinson. And before I ask TB how she is today, I should just say sorry we were a little late with this podcast. I had a bit of a family emergency last week, so we had to postpone, but we know you will understand. So, TB, how are you today?
1: I love that you, you, you call me the learn, learning sponge because I was like, was I supposed to learn something at 20 bucks? <laughs> like, or was it just supposed to go to Vegas and have a good time? <laughs> How am I doing? You will be shocked to hear that I am stressed. That is that is my total mental state right
0: now. I thought you were going to say, I'm really happy. Have I said that? <laughs> have I ever said that before? Well, you said shocked to hear. I thought, oh, maybe she's having like a really bouncy week. No, okay, carry on.
1: Um, so Miranda and I are working on our next co-write which takes place in Vermont this has necessitated several trips to Vermont a state I absolutely love sometimes I just hate my job when I have to go to Vermont all the time to do research it's such a hardship I don't want people to know that Vermont is such a magical place because I want it all to myself it has quaint towns it has the Green Mountains it has a fab brewery in Brattleboro it has a lot of cheese I mean honestly There's nothing to hate about Vermont. Well, I guess, you know, they do have, like, wicked winters where it gets really cold with lots of snow. But I think if I have enough cheese stocked up and enough brews from the brewery, I think I can manage a winter in uh, Vermont. But it's absolutely a delightful place. And so we've been having fun not only writing the story, but doing these side trips to Vermont. Because some parts of Vermont are only, like, an hour and a half away, so you could go which we have done like just go for lunch and then come back and stuff like that so um
0: good I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're happy about Vermont uh, do you know I've only got obviously my American ge- geographical knowledge and my American knowledge is pretty shit if you're not on the coast but um I do know Vermont because my friend's mum lives there so that is the uh reference point I have and uh, she got married to her wife uh, in her mum's sort of property and it looked lovely that very sort of summary. I know they do get harsh winters. But the other reference point is, I feel like it. Sh- there should be a cabin with a lot of snow on the roof, right? That's Vermont in two snapshots for me.
1: So well, think like Hallmark Christmas movies.
0: Well, I, I you know, I've got those as, as I've got a lot of reference points for those.
1: Yeah, I think very small quaint town with the the white uh, gazebo and yeah I think hallmark christmas movies because there's one town i think is grafton where they do uh not the the um shooting of the actors but like the principal shooting where they're getting like scenery set mm-hmm. and such i think that's one of the towns where they uh film so on the ihs front that's iheart if you're a new listener i'm in the middle of two massive projects right now uh the november mega sale which uh starts friday after thanksgiving and then ends, I think, Tuesday the following week. So uh, this episode should go out on Monday. So if you are listening on Monday and Tuesday of 2023, <laughs> November 20, what 7th and 28th of 2023, the Mega Sale is still going on. If you're listening in the future, it is no longer going on. Also, I'm working on the 2024 Reading Challenge. That involves usually about 2,000 books. So that's keeping me really busy right now. There's a lot of spreadsheets going on. There's a lot of checking and everything. On top of that, we're asking readers, authors, bloggers, reviewers to share their top five reads of 2023. There's an easy form to fill out to let us know your faves, uh, the deadline to submit your books for the top five. We'll probably keep the form up probably into the new year because there's some people who want to wait until they read all of the books before they decide on their favorites. So um, the year's not over, so we understand that. We'll, We'll keep it open for a while. And if you want to uh, submit a book for the reading challenge, the deadline for that is December first, twenty twenty three. On the Patreon front, uh, we set out our we sent out our first monthly installment of a year of Lizzie. So for Patreon peeps, they're getting twelve month 12 monthly installments of Lizzie. And she learned some news in the beginning of this uh, adventure that each each Lizzie's story has, like, a certain theme, and she has to, like, deal with it in very Lizzie fashion. Um, She learns some news that rocks her world and not in a good way, and she handles it in typical Lizzie fashion. So expect a lot of mishaps, miscommunications, and hilarity in this year of Lizzie. Um, The December installment is with the editor, so that's good because December's not so far away (laughs) as I'm recording this.
0: You, you've, so got, you, you've got a few days. I'm, I, I'm interested, when you say we, is that going out from your, is this a your Patreon or is it I, IHS? And if you're saying we, are you writing yes. it or are you writing it jointly?
1: It's an IHS Patreon. So it's a way to uh, for readers, authors, whoever, to support um, iHeartSuffic uh, by signing up for a Patreon. And yes, uh, Miranda is helping me. She's my she's 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 my writing buddy.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm well aware of that, but I just uh, you've always written Lizzie on your own, right?
1: So this time it's a a, a little different, so okay. I get to uh, I get help, which is nice.
0: Because it nice. is
1: Twelve months of Lizzie. Yeah. So that's a lot of Lizzie. And not so great news. Uh, actually, sad news. I do have an announcement. Gray, my very grumpy and very weird cat, uh, passed away suddenly on November fourth. Uh, She was only six, it was very unexpected and it happened very quickly to the point where I had two minutes to process the information the vet was telling me before I had to make the decision. The very next day I had to board a flight to Vegas to attend a conference with 1,500 people, which is a lot of people to witness you crying whenever you would think of your cat. (laughs) So it was kind of a weird situation. I'm a really shy person normally. You've seen me in public where I just kind of find every single corner of a room that people don't see. I I have a hard time with crowds. This one was probably the most challenging conference I've been to. It was all extremely overwhelming. And if you were there and I wasn't as sociable as normal, please accept my apologies. I was processing a lot of information and a lot of stuff that happened. So it's never fun to lose someone before you're ready
0: no it's not so um and as i did say to you in vegas um huge condolences on the loss of uh, gray and i'm sure all the listeners are reaching out and giving you a hug right now
1: we made the announcement on the facebook group and in my newsletter and i have received over like 300 <laughs> condolences um if you are waiting for a response i am getting to them i apologize it's taking a while because i can only handle a few at a time to read but everyone has been absolutely lovely So, yeah, I miss Grey, but I was glad to get to know her.
0: She made a big impact in the short time you had.
1: Well, she was a weird cat. (laughs) (laughs) She was... I just loved her catitude. She will be missed, she'll be loved forever. So how are things on your side of the pond?
0: Well, over here, um, as I said, uh, at the beginning um had a little bit of a family emergency but it had a happy ending so that's good so my first week back after the conference wasn't didn't go quite as expected um but now this week uh i am back in my writing chair well back in my writing and working chair basically just a chair really it's a chair it's a fucking chair right um now as you know uh before we i went to vegas uh, i was still battling on with london nine and um I, I think the problem, as we I've said with this project before, is that I you know it's all mapped out. I just keep stopping and starting, and you know there was a, a moment there where I just thought, Do you know, have I have I forgotten how to write? But then I had to remind myself that I've written two fucking books this year, so this is book three. So it's not that different to any other year it's just that I keep stopping and starting this book so on the plus side I did write on the plane there and back I'm, I'm good at writing on planes I'm good at writing in airports I should get on planes more often but it's probably not very good for the environment or my wallet but you know maybe I can maybe I can try and recreate uh, the ambience of a plane like sit in a really in, in- in closed space, <laughs> have uh, have my wife walk up and down, serving me tiny meals on tiny trays. Um, I mean, yeah, that might be quite cool. A little bit of role play. What do you think?
1: I wasn't expecting that turn of having your wife like act as your uh, flight attendant. Do you work the same? Is it just airplanes and airports, or is it in hotel rooms?
0: I have written in hotel rooms, but not like for long stretches of time. I have thought about you know hiring a hotel room. And just going doing doing that but actually you know if i just focus i think it's just a lack of focus and for this project and a couple of people said to me and i think you have as well is it just because it's the final book in the series i don't think it is that um but you know I, i just think it's it's one of those projects that's just been up and down um but i have now made a decision and actually going to vegas helped this we we i did have chats with other people about this as well we, I've, I've made a decision to just get the first draft finished uh, because as we always say you can't edit a blank page and I have to take some of my own medicine about this one. Uh, so I did sit down this morning with a couple of other people online, and did some writing sprints. So that's good. And I've um, I've committed to doing four thousand words a day. It's a it's a lofty target when I haven't been writing very much at all. But the thing is, I like this. I like the book. I like the characters. So and um, today's didn't feel. It felt joyous actually writing. I had one of those moments of joy. Just it felt nice getting back into it. I felt like a writer again, which I think with all the bits and bobs and stopping and starting of late. Um, I felt more like a business person than a writer, which is great because I am both people, but I need to reconnect with that writing side of my life. So, uh, I have done that. I'm hoping to get the first half done in the next 10 days. As I say, not actually 10 days because I'm going away this weekend, but you know, 10 working days and then to the editor before the end of the year, which I committed to you, didn't I, before I went to Vegas? I I don't think it was
1: a, like, there's no punishment.
0: (laughs) No, there is, there is as J.J. Arias, who we uh, hung out with in Vegas, said to me, um, you know, if you set a deadline, the Catholic guilt might get the better of you. And, you know, even though I'm not a practicing Catholic, I was brung up Catholic. And the Catholic guilt is always on your shoulder, isn't
1: it? Well, I'm not Catholic, but um, I'm very familiar with guilt. (laughs) Guilt works really well on me. Uh, But I also understand the the difficulties of switching hats from business to uh writing which are completely different energies mm. and there are times where uh, it's just really 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 hard this is a hard job i don't think a lot of people appreciate how hard it is to be creative
0: yeah i mean and you can be creative in different ways right um, i've definitely been being creative on the business side of things uh and you know with all, a number of different things i've been doing so but you but you also need to it, it was just nice to put aside some focused writing time and I could have done that earlier i would just been avoiding it but I did read a thing to, this morning like one of those um you know wise images on Instagram and it just said you know the longer you avoid something the harder it gets to return to it and that's probably what has happened here anyway back into it so that's good in other news um I think I told you that Hotshot was jumping off Gaze the Word bookshop shelves and they've reordered another 20 copies, so yes, it, it still is. So that tells me people want another football book, right? Because this one's selling very well. Well, especially on bookshop shelves, which, you know, is nice to see, isn't it? So they've reordered uh, another bookshop up in Leeds, have too. So maybe it had a little to do with the push of the ending of the NWSL season, or just the restarting of the WSL. I think that those two have combined, but it's nice, it's nice that uh, Hotshot still continues to do well other news i looked at my reading challenge this morning and i realized i haven't been doing that well up to now i mean i've done all right i've read 29 books this year last year i read 46 so my aim this year i think was 50 so i'm i'm a bit behind the times and it's been weird lately right i've read i've read a few uh mainstream straight romances um but the last two i read oh would they be romances maybe women's fiction more but anyway they both had the same plot almost identical and they were by two very different authors and i kept having to stop and think have i read this i've read this before um so it's weird isn't it you know they say that there are no original stories there aren't really um you could write the same story i could write the same story as tb and we write it completely differently um so you know don't worry about your plots overlapping with somebody else's and thinking oh my god am i overstepping no there, there isn't such a thing Um, You know, as I say, you could write the exactly the same story, but you'd write it in your voice, and that's the point. But having read three mainstream straight books of late, I have four Sapphic romances lined up. They're my next books. Um, They're actual physical books that I can hold in my hand because I got a book token for my birthday. So I, I bought. I went to Gaze the Word and bought three Sapphic romances. They're by my bed. I had every intention of um, starting one of them last night. I did, it was good, it had me gripped. And then I fell asleep after six pages because jet lag is still a real thing after Vegas. So, um, but that's my aim. And yeah, just on that, it's good to be home. It's good to get back into some routine. This morning I went out on my walk, so I am eating a bit more healthily and I'm committing to some writing. So I feel like the end of the year is gonna finish strong, TB. If you believe
1: it, it will. Yes. Because you can adjust all of your goals to make sure it does.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just just uh yeah. Delete the original goals blog from the start of twenty twenty three. Let's go. Um yeah, I'm gonna manifest it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And twenty nine book reading twenty nine books a year is great. I have stopped watching television shows in the evening and I have a new routine where I'm reading a book. I have not read many books because i've been reading brandon sanderson and each of his books is like five
0: yeah so, i was gonna say you can give yourself a pass for those that is like one book every it is probably like 10 books in one isn't it how many pages are they
1: um the, the one i'm reading currently is only 1300 pages with the smallest print possible
0: <laughs> that is like, it's probably about five books isn't it yeah all right comments what you got
1: all right so charlie came back to answer our question about ironing like why does charlie like ironing mm, so, okay i love ironing i find the process of taking something wrinkled and shabby looking and making it smooth tidy and smart i find it relaxing it's a good it's also a good way to uh, get my brain to switch off i don't iron everything just shirts and stuff also i think i look great in a well-ironed shirt so there's that too i polish my shoes for the same reason so those are fantastic reasons i have no doubt that you look extremely sharp. It
0: was Charlie? Is Charlie in the army? She, uh, that that sounds a uh, you know polished shoes, smart shirts. I mean, I do agree. I don't iron much, but I do iron shirts. I don't have really have many shoes to polish, but you know I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I always appreciate when someone does something that makes themselves happy. I I prefer the wrinkles. I like that look for some reason. That is just the thing I like. I think because I I I always gravitate towards casual, always have, and probably because I was forced to wear like really disgusting dresses all my childhood. So I'm just like, no, I'm gonna look the way I wanna look. So Jamie Moody commented, um, sent me an email saying, uh, I started to text you this weekend with a picture of my book as it was a number one bestseller. I thought it might cheer you up a little to see the book had made it to number one. You and Claire should be proud and take part of the credit. Jamie claims that uh, she listened to the podcast and learned everything we taught her, and now she, her books are hitting number one. So I don't think we'll take credit, but I, I uh, applaud Jamie for applying the lessons that she learned and making it such a huge success for her. So And I am thrilled that she is doing so well
0: yeah i don't think we can take the credit jamie and we're pleased to be here to show you the way but you did all the hard work so well done and i have to say as well loving your new covers
1: yes they are smashing it i love the new covers as well so all right now we have a question from bond bond says i'm about to publish my first novel straight this time Do you use any type of marketing tool for keywords? I'm about to purchase a Rocket Publisher to get the best keywords for positioning, placing ads, etc. I'm very aware that a new author can get bogged down in all the stuff available to self-publish, and there is so much competition on Amazon. I would love a podcast on publishing tools, ad placement, types of ads, blogging, newsletters, email marketing, landing pages, the whole works, um, and then online. said enjoy your time off and by the way that is a top rate photo of you tb more photos of both of you please so there's quite a bit to unpack in bond statement so i do recommend uh, rocket publisher it is something i have and used for keywords and everything i know yes you can definitely get bogged down and all the stuff available to self-publish with courses and books and everything like that so it all depends on your budget and what you feel like you need the most help with As for our podcasts on publishing tools, ad placement, and stuff like that, I feel like we have covered a lot of the stuff. So if you go to the website and just type in the search bar certain keywords, hopefully episodes will pop up. As for what type of ads to purchase, since this is a straight fiction, I'm not as versed in this. And if it's a first novel, but I'm not sure, is it the first novel of a series? And also, if it's the first novel for this name, for this author name, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on the advertising at the moment because usually if readers find you and there's only one book available, they want to read more and then there's so many authors out there. So you might want to wait to do the big push on advertising when you get other books out there. So when when you're driving readers to one book, there is a backlist. And I know that sucks to hear when you're releasing your first book, I understand. But I would um, not spend a lot on advertising at the moment.
0: No, and I agree with all the other things TB said, but yeah, just think about if you've only got one book, um, it's like someone going into a shop, um, let's call it a sweet shop, and there's only one sweet on the shelf, and they buy it and they like it, and then they look around and there's nothing else to buy, and they walk out the shop and they're sad. You don't want your readers to be sad, do you? So, um, you know, what. It's better to wait until you've got at least three books until you start advertising. Is the general wisdom, and I believe that. And also remember that there's no such, there's nothing better marketing-wise than writing your next book, because then people can find that and then find your old ones. So uh, we're both um, living proof of this. As backlist forms a lot of our income. So uh, yeah, just keep focused. You've written your first book. Well done. It's not going to make you a millionaire. I hate to break it to you. Uh, just get on and write the next one.
1: Anywho's, before I move on to uh, Bias, a coffee update, do you have comments on your side? None here. I was hoping for a little break. I was going to take a drink of water, but no, keep going. <laughs> so uh, we had uh, a coffee. We have a coffee update. C.K. Martin posted, I am back to publishing after a five-year hiatus. Thanks uh, for making the process a tiny bit less scary. Love the podcast. So welcome back, and I'm glad we can uh, be here to make it less scary.
0: It's, it's, so, uh, it's a jungle out there
1: it is and so thank you very much for the coffees uh, very much appreciate it
0: take a drink of water let me take over don't you worry all right so this time around we are doing 20 books vegas what did we learn so if you don't know tb and i were part of a lot of authors who descended on vegas in the second week of november for a week's uh, week-long conference it's the biggest self-publishing conference in the world it's currently called 20 books Um, because that was the group set up uh, on Facebook but that they are changing that name from next year it's going to be called Author Nation. If you don't know about it just go to Facebook sign up for 20 books you can see but what it's about but it's basically about authors helping each other out being each other's cheerleaders and giving each other tips and tricks to sell more books, make yourself a better writer and just make it in the self-publishing industry. Um, so that's how it was set up in the first place. So they do a conference in Vegas once a year. We went along. Um, it's not a it's not a queer author thing in any way. It's just for all self-published authors. So, and as we, I've never been to a conference this big. I mean, all the queer ones we've ever been to, uh, GCLS, how many people are at those ones? 300-ish. Okay, so 300 of that. I think the biggest one I've been to, a queer, a specifically clear, uh, clear, queer one, was probably Elcon, which, I don't know, maybe had about 70 or 80 people there, maybe. You know, this one, you said 1,500. I thought it was 2,500. So, but anyway, lots of people.
1: I, you're asking me to clarify. A yeah, number. it's there numbers. There was a lot of
0: people. It's numbers. Let's say 2,000 as a, as a mid-pigger ballpark. So, lots of people in a hotel in Vegas with a lot of smoke and slot machines. So, what did we learn? Because, you know, we quite often get asked, are... Uh, conferences worthwhile. So first thing for me, I wouldn't have gone to this conference had I not already been in Canada. I was in Canada for a family wedding, so I'd already made the trip across across the ocean. So for me, I just stayed around in Canada for another week with my family, hung out with them, did a bit of work, and then, and then hopped on a plane. You know, my geography is shit when it comes to america so i thought oh you know canada to vegas how far can it be five fucking hours that's how far it can be i mean it's quite a long way really um and that three hour time difference from toronto to uh, vegas still did a number on me i was still waking up at five o'clock in the morning so here's what i learned vegas is quite far away number one it's quite far i think everybody at the conference really and bear in mind most people were american everybody really thought that vegas was quite far even if they were american
1: the U.S. is quite a large country. I think it was a six-hour flight for us. So it is. It's not It's not an easy... This is one of the reasons I have never been to the Vegas conference before, because it's not an easy trek from Massachusetts. But I knew it was going to be the last 20 books. I always heard magical stories about 20 books conferences, and I kind of wanted to try it. Yes. So I wanted to try it, and I also knew there was a, a handful of sapphic authors who were going... So it's always a good uh, time to network. Uh, you and I were able to see each other in person. That reminds me the other comment from Bon where she said more photos of the two of us. We did get some photos of us, not a lot, but the reason why there's not a lot of photos of us together is because there's this thing called the Atlantic Ocean. So it's not so easy for us to be in the same spot. But anyways, back to 20 books. I, I, I've always just kind of wanted to go and see what it was all about and to network and everything like that one of the reasons I didn't go in the past well there are several reasons a the distance and also I hate Vegas I have since I was a child that Vegas is not a place for someone like me who doesn't like I don't really like crowds I don't like a lot of sounds I don't like flashing machines all the time there's a lot about Vegas that is just such a sensory overload that I don't like. Oh, I don't like cigarette smoke. Like, There's just a lot about Vegas where I'm like, it's not my place. But I wanted to experience it at least once. So I went.
0: Yeah, um, <clears throat> and I think on the, on the opposite side, I've always had. I've been to Vegas twice before. The last time I went, I went with my wife. We had a fantastic time. Um, but it was very different this time around because um, you know, I was staying on the main drag. When I went with my wife, we stayed on the main drag, but just behind it, we were in a hotel just behind Aria, a non-smoking, non-gambling hotel. It makes a difference. It was more like a it felt like a holiday, and you didn't if you didn't want to get involved in the gambling, I just went out to nice meals and shows and things. So this was different because, you know, as I realized when I got there, it's a work trip, right? It's not a holiday, um, and that, I think that's one thing that everyone has to, if you're listening and thinking, well, should I go to a, maybe not this conference, but any conference, you have to remember, it's a work trip. Like my wife thought about coming, but actually I said to her, no, don't come because I didn't want to feel responsible for her. And I'm there to meet other people and to hang out with people and to make connections uh, and go to go to sessions. So, um, so you have to remember, because I think whatever industry you work in, everyone, if you go away to somewhere, abroad for for a work thing everyone always says oh going away a bit of a jolly um invariably they're not jollies and that's not to say uh this wasn't fun in certain aspects it was but it but essentially it was a work trip so a that's the first thing that you have to remember when you go to these things So what did I learn? Well, I learned that Vegas carpets make my head hurt. There's something about hotel carpets and especially ones where they hold conferences. I always think this when I see the images of GCLS wherever they hold those ones as well, which is all around America. The carpets just do my head in and in person they did as well. Um, And I will say that uh, I'm an introvert and when I first walked into the main conference hall, it was massive because it had to house 2000 people and there's a lot of carpet there um what was the first thing I did I turned around and walked out again now I didn't think that was particularly because I was an introvert uh I just thought it's I don't like the lights in these places as well as the carpet the heat was out of control like it was really hot they needed the air con. they did sort that out but all those things really did affect me but maybe as well it was because there was a massive crowd and uh, you know I didn't I hadn't seen anyone I know I know yet so I just went back to my room called my wife she talked me off a cliff and then I came back down and it was all fine after that but you know (laughs) it's good to to let you know these things because you know you might you might see us at conference or you might hear us on these uh podcasts and think oh well it's easy for them because they've been doing this a long time it's not you know I was traveling on my own it's tricky and especially the first first time through the gates
1: it's intimidating even when I go to GCLS where it's 300 people which is still a lot of people don't get me wrong Vegas was extremely intimidating because not only was it thousands of people but it was a it was like really heavy hitters in the indie publishing world so it was very overwhelming and I do give them I do give the 20 books team uh credit for assembling such a massive conference and they had sessions on craft marketing mindset writing tools genre specific uh, topics and more uh, I think each block had more than six talks to choose from so that's really impressive that they've been able to put this together I also give them credit for I know it was intimidating but it, you know, I I sensed a positive vibe at the sessions people were excited to learn Um, they were excited to meet other people. Um, There was always people who lined up to ask questions at the microphones, which I give those people major credit because some of the sessions had like hundreds of people in them. And the fact that they were able to speak up and ask questions, I, I thought that was impressive. Another thing I really liked, in the afternoon, they had cookie hour.
0: What about the pastries in the morning? That was good too.
1: The pastries in the morning was good, but I didn't. I I kind of remembered from the emails, which there were a lot of emails, and I fully admit I didn't read them all. I kind of remembered that there was mention of pastries. I'm I spaced the cookie hour in the afternoon, cookie and uh, tea and coffee, and so when that happened on the first day, I was just like,
0: oh, this is great. Worth the four hundred bucks uh, entry fee to get a cookie. and I say the cookies were the size of your head. They were massive, weren't they? But unfortunately, I couldn't partake of them because I wasn't. I I never know if they've got almond flour in and I can't eat nuts, so I just err on the side of caution. Good for my waistline, sad for my mental health though. No, kudos for them, you know overall I think it was a good conference, so what did I learn professionally? I think I learned some things about Facebook ads, also about direct sales. TB and I both attended a, a good session on romance, and uh, the Romance Beats by Ines Johnson, who's a very good presenter, and what I learned Going, going to all the ones that I went, all the sessions I went to, is that is that? It's not just about the content; it's about the, how it's presented. Which you know, you kind of know that anyway. But it was it was driven home because there were a few of the sessions that I wasn't that as engaged in, um, either because people were not presenting, um, they weren't getting their message across, or they were selling something. Um, but, the, but Ines Johnson was fantastic, and there were a few other um, presenters who were really good. Um, so I did get some things about those specific topics. So, you know, I did get something on craft, uh, on marketing, and on selling direct. And those were the things that I went to the conference to learn about. So from that perspective, it was good. Some of the sessions I went to were a bit basic, but that's just because I've been doing it nine years, so I know some stuff. If you're if you're a first-time author, I have to say, or if you're a new, you know, in the first year or two, this would have this conference would have blown your mind. Right? I remember going to self-publishing show or London Book Fair or one of those. And, you know, a couple of sessions, they just blew my mind because I was in my first or second year. So it's really worthwhile going to these things just just for the knowledge you gain if you're earlier, earlier in your career than I, For us, we have to think, is it worth it for us? Because do we know enough already? But I think it was worth it from that perspective. And bear in mind as well, um, you can come back and you can re-listen to all the sessions. They're all up online. Have you got anything else to, uh, I've I've got another point to make, but do you want to say anything else? Um, I
1: really did enjoy Inez Johnson and to the point where I bought one of her, no, two of her
0: courses when I got back. Oh, wow. But I think overall um, it was successful. And like you say, uh, having them set up that many, I think there were 180 sessions overall. So that's a lot of, that's a lot of sessions. So if you wanted to, you could go back to back to back and learn a lot but you'd be exhausted. You've got you've got to have a bit of downtime away from people. Um, you've got to have a bit of rest really because your brain can only take so much in. That's another thing I, I learned. Don't try and go to every session. Um, it won't be the best use of your time. But the one other thing I learned, it was said before we went, but it's more about the people you meet and hang out with and chat with than the actual things you l- learn on the day. Because like I say, you can go back and rewatch the sessions and really, I think that the ones that I really did like, I will go back and watch again anyway, uh, because I took notes, but you know, when you come back, then you've got these, a sentence and you don't understand what the fuck you mean. So um, it's good to know that you can rewatch them. Um, But you know, that was true here as well. Like as TB and I said, we met up for the first time in three years and I I met and re-met a host of sapphic fiction authors and other authors as well Uh, it wasn't just the sapphic ones which was great we had dinner we had coffee we had chats and you know some of this might lead somewhere in the future you never know Um, but even if it doesn't it's just um, cementing a friendship or making a new one which is really fantastic those specific connections that you made they're not going to be able to be made anywhere else Like, because quite a few of the people were based in America so I'm not going to be able to see them anywhere else. And even the people that um, I met who I knew from the UK, I don't see them that much apart from at writing events so it's good to chat with them. And I also went to a party hosted by one of my audiobook publishers, and so it was good to meet the people who gave me the contract. We had quite a lot of Zoom meetings and she told me that I was the first Sapphic romance they ever published and this was Podium Publishing. And since then they've published loads more. So, you know, it was nice to know that and it was nice to meet them. And their party was also held in a really swanky cocktail bar with free cocktails, free food and a really fucking terrible Elvis impersonator. So, you know, all those things were, were fun and they were good. And then um, after that, we met some other people and we went to dinner with a bunch of narrators who I'd never met before. So, you know, it's just these weird connections that you make that you don't expect. I just went along to that party on my own, which took a, a little bit of courage to do. Yes, but it was nice to meet people. Uh, but it's good to meet narrators and get their take on the business because as authors and publishers, I employ uh, narrators to narrate my book. So it's good to know what they like, how they want to work with you. And it's good to get the gossip on which companies treat them well and which companies don't, isn't
1: it? Yes, I want that gossip off air. Um, but how lucky for you. Did you know before when, that you were the test case for Podium? Did they tell you before? Because I would be like, that's a lot of freaking pressure.
0: <laughs> no, they didn't tell me that. But she, she did tell me that um, they wanted to break into the market. And um, mine was the first, but they were publishing. So, yeah, she did tell me that on there. She said it, it helped that it was successful. So Can you
1: yeah. can you imagine if it wasn't? And not that it this would be the case with any of your books, but can you imagine if it wasn't and then sapphic authors were like emailing me like, No, because Claire Light <laughs> ruined
0: it for everybody. Yeah, I was the party people. But they wouldn't invite me to their party if it was if it was terrible would they? So yay. I think the key thing that I took away from it is that it is about the people that you meet and um spending time with them and if it means you're going to miss a session miss the, miss the session uh, but also do go to some like i met a few people who just said oh i don't go to any sessions i just watch it all online afterwards i wouldn't go that far either like i've come all that way it's nice to hear it firsthand sometimes and even if the presenter is a fantastic presenter i think you'll get slightly more from it hearing it live than hearing it watching it after the fact like because you're in the room you can feel the you can feel the energy that they're bringing because it is that like these presenters that are very good they create a a a different energy in the room
1: yes yes and that's one of the things that um i just keep thinking about is the, the the energy and the positive vibe just the enthusiasm like it was just bursting with enthusiasm you can just feel it when you walked into the spaces so i again i just have to give the organizers i know um craig and team they're stepping down and it's being handed off to i can't remember the person's name but kudos to building such a, not just a conference but the whole the the 20 books to 50k facebook group and everything like that kudos to them for building such a uh writing community uh that is something to be proud of forever so i congratulate them on everything they've accomplished
0: yes i do as well um, and i'm hoping in future they can make it a little bit more inclusive generally uh, a few more sessions maybe on queer stuff and other more sort of diverse uh genres because it it is because 20 books started as like a fantasy science fiction paranormal kind of that that was what all the people has had up wrote so it's, it does tend to have a more of a skew towards those genres um, but I'm hoping that the people that take it over maybe might make it more inclusive and more diverse in the topics and the people it wants to attract I think that you can already see that's happening because we went this year I think it's a natural evolution that will get bigger and then it will welcome more people in
1: well they had some romance panels and everything but Like, the queer panel was skewed mostly towards MM, and then I just remember when I walked into, because they have like a, it's kind of like a book fair on the last day, where you can go and the authors have set up their books and everything, and it was a lot of fantasy, and I was just like, wow, I'm used to seeing, you know, more of a mix. But what a challenge, though, because, like, you have 2,000 people there and it's hard to make everyone happy. So Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, they did, they did a good job. Uh, I'm just saying that I think that's one of the things they could work on. But um, I think they did a great job overall. Yes, but there were a lot of dragons at that book fair, weren't there? A lot of dragons.
1: I, I'm a huge fantasy fan, so I'm like, ooh, dragons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was like, ooh, here be dragons. Um, and I think the other thing that I learned was that Americans really do club sandwiches the best you just do you know uh, americans don't get enough kudos for the club sandwiches and, and and that's what i i had two turkey club sandwiches in vegas and they were both fantastic and i managed to get a diner where they come around and pour your coffee from a glass jug but you know what it wasn't in vegas it was in canada so i had to get my uh, diner fix in canada uh, i also got we went to a diner and i got a breakfast where i got bacon eggs potatoes and pancakes all on the same plate tb can you get can you uh, imagine it
1: yeah, I can because I live in America. But, uh, <laughs> you would
0: not get that in the UK. I'm just like, what, on the same plate? Are you crazy? No, you wouldn't get it.
1: I'm, I'm confused about the uh, club sandwiches. What do we do different that's that makes them, like, out of this world? Because your eyes are, like, really lit up.
0: Mm. You just put stuff in it, right? Like, the UK... Sam- <laughs> You're laughing, but the U- in the UK, they just don't fill their sandwiches enough. They don't put enough stuff in it, right? So, like, in... in there was like really delicious fresh avocado a, a good amount of turkey a good amount of like a, a, so much bacon in the second one I had to take some out because I'm just like this is too much bacon um nice like nice mayonnaise it just seems to be made with a little bit more love than the sandwiches are in the UK in the UK we've never really got sandwiches we have never really got that you should put some filling in it minimal more than which minimal which is weird because did it. Didn't the UK kind of invent sandwiches? Was yeah. it the it the Earl of Sandwich? Yeah, I think so. But maybe they maybe they were more finger sandwiches. You know, there's ones you get at high tea where all the crusts are cut off. I don't know. But um, you know, if you want a good if you want a good turkey club america well done and i would say the other thing that i found out in vegas was that i can still play pool uh one night uh me and a a bunch of sapphic fiction authors not you you said no but we went downtown to a gay bar in vegas we played pool like good lesbians should and um i won and you know what i used to be really good at pool i'm not i was i wasn't even sharking them i used to be good at pool but i haven't been able to really play pool that well for the last 10 years mainly because i don't really play anymore but that night, I don't know what it was, the stars aligned, maybe I had enough beer inside me, but every ball I hit was a sweet, sweet strike, and I felt like I was representing.
1: I didn't know this was a rule for lesbians, that they have to play pool, because I'm terrible at pool, so didn't what does that know? Mean?
0: Mm. So
1: I guess I, I really need to rethink everything.
0: I think you need to rethink your life choices, yep a Vegas local came and played pool with us and then she was delighted when she found out that all three of us were sapphic romance authors because she's a reader so she took down all her names so you know maybe she could uh, she'll become a new reader of us all
1: that, that's fantastic look at you representing not only the pool contingent but uh, sapphic fiction as a whole That's like right. you were just conquering the world and you got two nice club sandwiches
0: Yeah. so what was my favourite bit about Vegas probably the club sandwich not going to lie mine are still the cookies yeah there you go we're very food based on this podcast and um yeah we learned some shit but mind biding, you know as we always say about our books it's not about <laughs> strangely we do agonize over the words that we put in our books but at the end of the day it's not about the words it's about how the emotions that you leave people feeling and the emotions that stick with tb and i are to do with food I will just say as well, um, J.J. Arias, who we did hang out with a fair bit in at Vegas, um, posed a question to me. Mm. What's the most unexpected thing you learned at 20 Books?
1: How many people are considering direct sales? I thought that was pretty shocking. A lot of the panels were about direct sales because uh, for especially... On the indie front, because indie has been driven by uh, Kindle Unlimited for a very long time. And so I was surprised by how many people are exploring that avenue. They may not jump on it anytime soon because it takes a while to build it up and everything. But I was surprised by how many people are exploring the direct sales avenue. What about you?
0: I don't know. Yeah, it seemed to be a very popular topic, didn't it? And I've been you know, doing direct sales for a while now, and I've been thinking about setting up a Shopify store as well. Uh, but there were more panels. You're right than I expected on it. I think it's a. I think it's a very popular thing at the moment. I. I think it will take everyone a bit of time to set it all up. I think it's just like it's the start of the wave. But I think as Amazon, if Amazon keeps chipping away at the Ku money um, that comes, then I think more authors will jump. But it is a big, very big decision. So to do that. What was the most unexpected thing? I, I've had this question and I don't know the answer. Um, <laughs> God, I thought of the answer on the fly. <laughs> All I can think of is um, the price of the coffee was uh, unexpected. What's the price of the coffee? Well, it was like seven ninety nine for a cup downstairs in the hotel. And then plus tax and tips quite often drive it over $10. And uh, that was a shock to this uh, little Brit.
1: Did you only buy coffee in the hotel?
0: Not just in the hotel, but no, not after, not after the first time I bought some and they charged me ten bucks for a cup.
1: Yeah, it um that is the thing about Vegas as well that has changed drastically since I first started going when I was a little kid. Vegas got really expensive. It used to be a cheap weekend. Um Vegas I was amazed every time we went to go uh to a restaurant or something. Like when I got the bill, I was like, Are you kidding me? It got it's really expensive now. It is not. Uh,
0: wallet friendly no it's not and we can we can smile about it because i think one of the first days uh we went for lunch and um i ordered a caesar salad <laughs> and tv didn't stop laughing about this the entire time we were in vegas i ordered a caesar salad and it was 30 dollars and and basically it was a plate of um, iceberg lettuce with a boiled chicken breast it was it was one of the most unappetizing caesar salads i've ever had in my life um, but I just thought of all the fiber and roughage I was getting from that vast amount of lettuce. I
1: always thought we did salads well in the uh, US. So I. I when I lived in the UK, yeah. uh, I remember missing salads at restaurants because you don't really get the options very much. And I, when I would come home uh, to go to New York for the US Open, I would, be, I would always order a bunch of salads because I thought we did them really well. They were always big. There was a lot of flavor. There was a lot of stuff. You really just got like a head of lettuce (laughs) on a plate with boiled chicken.
0: (laughs) It was the key thing that that salad was missing was variety. So we didn't go back to that restaurant again. But yeah, I just thought of one other unexpected thing that happened in Vegas that, you know, how much like Paris and Venice, those hotels are. I mean, it's shocking, isn't it?
1: Uh, I'm sensing sarcasm. (laughs) But I have to admit, I really do like the Paris and Venetian hotels. I mean, they do not compare obviously to the real things in Europe. I am the person who loves like tourist uh, gift shops. So I love really touristy things. So you think Vegas would be my jam, but it's just not. I really do enjoy those hotels just for the overall cheesiness. factor of them. I mean, like, and I couldn't remember how much they charge because like in the Venetian, you can do like the little canal ride, which is, they say 10 to 13 minutes long and it's like a hundred dollars. And I'm just like, for what? What are
0: you doing? Why are you charging this much money? Uh, yeah, you could go and have three really shit salads for that money. So think on. Um, yeah, it's um, it, they are fun. I think our hotel was, was linked to Paris. So that was good. Uh, we could go to Paris every day. So but y- you're not just going to Vegas. You're going to Europe. And that is two for one. Brilliant. Uh, and the other, the other good thing about Vegas was that you can get your steps up really easily. Because um, oh, yeah. everything is far away. It might look close but it's not, it's an optical illusion.
1: Oh, and also we were there the week before the um, the car race, the Formula One car race. So they, uh, they had a lot of stuff blocked off where you couldn't easily walk along the strip. Like you were constantly being ferried up steps to go over and then down steps and everything and sadly because of that they had the sidewalks blocked off so like the normal parts of vegas that i really do enjoy like i never saw the bellagio fountains i think you saw them because you were at a different vantage point but it was just harder to navigate the city which also complicated things um but yes i vegas is one of those places where like i know it's in a desert but it's not like in the desert desert but you still feel like it's a mirage because like, you're like, oh, the hotel is just a couple buildings down and you're still walking like an hour later.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's so deceptive.
0: It is. But I, I think that's one of my favourite memories, you see, on the final day. At, at my last meal was a turkey club on the rooftop of Paris in the beer park there overlooking Bellagio, watching the fountains. Lovely. I did love going downtown Vegas. Anyway, enough about that. The upshot is remember if you go into a conference it's a work thing talk to people that's the best thing that you'll come away with let us know what you think if you've uh, been to conferences what do you think do comment comment on the website lesbians who com. email us lesbians who write at gmail.com facebook us Twitter us at Les He or Instagram me at Claire Fick. tell us your comments um, if you've got any questions let us know we will endeavour to answer them on the next episode we've got one more left one more episode left in the year where we'll do a roundup of our years um, so that will be in two weeks time anything else to say TB?
1: I just like put fear inside me I'm like I have to remember the whole year
0: yeah get a recap going but before all that I've got some writing to do because I I'm a writer. Hurrah. Right, OK, in the meantime, uh, we're going to go and um, have a lovely week. Stay well, keep writing. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.